0: For though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing all right. So I'm doing this from my car because (laughs) I'm at my day job and it's quiet in my car, and I've decided to support Trump. So. once you support Trump, you got to do a video in the car.
1: You have actually decided to support Trump? No, I'm, I haven't really. Oh, okay. okay wow. <laughs> we took a turn since texting a few minutes ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a very, very recent decision. Um, yep, yeah, so yeah, I, I got my anti-war war vet hat, wrapping that as always. My uh, my do- wife and daughter are now saying, so I guess you're a hat guy now, huh? <laughs> so uh, anyway, so how you been?
1: I've been good I've been it, it was a crazy day today uh, Daylight Savings has really messed us up with the nap schedule and stuff oh, and yeah. so um, just the ages of the two kids it's like it's not quite where like they can just seamlessly transition to an hour difference you know uh, so it was kind of challenging how about that.
0: you though uh- uh, my daughter, first daughter, has never taken naps, so that hasn't been an issue. And we're homeschooled. When we, when we, uh, she was at public school or whatever. Um, it was bad, but it's been pretty chill, just because we've never been able to get the naps to work anyway. Yeah. But uh, we're doing all right. Doing all right. So I wanted to do kind of like a a quick video before uh, the election tomorrow, even though I, I think probably about half people have already voted. Um, and I kind of wanted to. I was thinking about like this co- kind of question of. Uh, how christians sh- uh should vote or or should they and then also uh from a libertarian perspective because we both come from that broad uh tradition <laughs> um where that sort of factors in because uh, a lot of libertarians and anarchists would say you know just you shouldn't even vote and there's also this kind of uh tradition of some christians who would say the same thing so um i guess i've got some some of my own thoughts on it but I'm, i kind of wanted to hear what you had to think first so maybe my first question would be are you voting and how do you feel about voting generally
1: Uh, I'm not voting. Um, I have complicated feelings about voting. Um, I voted in the last election as a protest vote for Johnson. And I felt Mm -hmm. that, and that was the only uh, vote I cast. I didn't vote for anything up or down the, the ballot. And I felt that it was a good signal that there was a dissenting person in the area. But since I've come to realize, I think that, Uh, First, I don't know how voting actually aligns with the Christian message of loving a neighbor, spreading the gospel. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that there's any overlap there. And I think that that's that's sort of the fundamental question that Christians should ask themselves really when doing anything, right? Is like, is the thing that I'm going to do going to in any way um, contribute to a neighbor or spread the gospel, and if it doesn't, like there's some second order questions, of course. But like in a in a in a civic context, I think that that's really the only question. So um, this year, I'm deciding that I I'm no longer voting, and I will abstain for the rest of my life, um, likely unless I get uh, to vote on a proposition to get a machine gun, in which case I'll probably vote for that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I made a couple notes because I think, you know, just to, to try to systematize it for the first time and like actually get it down on paper was a good quick thought experiment. Um, so I think like the idea of the Christian ethic, like what it is that we are commanded to do by uh, living life as followers of Christ and how that relates to voting versus its efficacy. I think those are the two big sort of separate challenges. Uh, are we in any way doing something that will advance the kingdom of God here on earth? Um, or does it even matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I kind of reject the notion on its face about like voting being some categorical imperative. I think that's mm-hmm. that's crazy talk, but I think maybe it's worth addressing if our audience is um, just the sort of normie Christian. No, no offense. Um, You know, there's a lot of them out there. And I think we all uh, until you start reading like dissenting voices and stuff, you sort of just um, you sort of by osmosis take on a lot of like the civic character that we're taught in school that like voting is this privilege and, you know, it's your voice. And um, by not voting is in some respect a vote in and of itself often framed as for an an opponent that you wouldn't like. Um, and I, I do think though that voting or not voting is a vote in either way. And I think that my not voting is purposeful, um, for the express purpose of saying, I, I don't consent to this system. I, um, don't agree with any of the characters that are on offer. And even if I did in every way, um, like, you know, Ron Paul light was running in my district or for president. Um, I don't think that my vote matters. And so, um, voting for someone is, is almost to say that like, it it almost gives people a sense of power that they Mm. don't have. And it's, it's that Emma Goldman quote that constantly rings in my head about if voting were legal or if if voting mattered, it would be made illegal. Um, it doesn't matter. Right. And so uh, I, I'm sure you've read it, but the Robert Nozick's Ten Tales of a Slave or the Tale of a Slave. Actually, I have. Oh, um, we can run through it really quick. Well, I, uh,
0: we can do is, is, is the quick because I want to I want to try to make this one this about maybe 20 minutes or so. Oh right? yeah, yeah,
1: go ahead. Someone should read it. That's a, a great example of why voting is sort of you're a slave, whether you're being beaten by the master in the morning or if you're given an opportunity to to um petition them not to
0: sure yeah that's a fair point yeah i mean you mentioned emma goldman i I thought because she actually tried to assassinate someone i believe so which i guess that that would make that would make a difference and it is also illegal so maybe she's got a point Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but rightly so so um (laughs) um, uh, so so here's kind of i guess how how i've looked at it because i do have some complicated feelings um, and I wrote this book called fight the powers uh, what the Bible says about the relationship between spiritual forces and human governments, it's a long subtitle. And um, so the first part of the book, I really kind of laid out this biblical case that behind state power, there is always this kind of demonic power. And even if you take that symbolically or something. Um, That's still a pretty damning statement that that you find throughout scripture. So, uh, you know, the the kingdom of God under Christ is a different kind of kingdom that doesn't use violence, according to John 1836. And but the state always uses violence. So that's a distinction. Um, And it calls for an exclusive claim on our citizenship, um, as we read in uh, Philippians 320. So but there's still this kind of big question. Okay, so even if we accept all that is true, in the meantime, we we live here on earth as travelers trying to get to our final destination. And we do have to think about how we should live while we're here. And that's going to be different, I think, from time to time and culture to culture, place to place. Um, but in light of all that stuff though, I think there's a pretty good argument made by Anabaptist Christians like Amish and Mennonites uh, and also a lot of people in that early church that since we have an allegiance to the kingdom of God and to its nonviolence, um, Participation in the state of any kind would be inappropriate for Christians. I think that's a pretty strong argument. There's a good argument to be made for that, um, and I think that's scary for some people because you want to have this illusion of control, and you kind of are afraid of what happens when you you don't participate. Um, but you know, it's it is it's one it's kind of a it is sort of a leap of faith thing, right? You trust God to uh, guide history, and and you just kind of do what you, what you think you're obligated to do um, to play your part. You know,
1: right.
0: Um, but I think on the other hand, like, as you read, like, uh, the New Testament, you see Peter and Paul encouraging like prayer for political leaders and for the way direction that the state is going to function, which I think ultimately at, at their time period, there was almost nothing they could do apart from pray. Um, but you also see them do actually a few other things like, um, the apostles in the book of Acts will push back against excesses and justices in the use of political power. Um, so when, when Peter and, um, uh, Peter and John are told not to preach uh, the gospel anymore. They say in Acts 529, it's better to obey God rather than man. And they keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul, for example, is a Roman citizen, but he's not given his rights as a Roman citizen and he's beaten um, without any kind of trial or, or, you know, investigation. And he pushes back against that. And um, when he's basically once, once they figure this out and they're embarrassed, they want to kind of hide it. And he's like, no, actually um, I demand that the, you know, the, the the magistrate lead me out publicly in front of everybody to shame him, mm-hmm. and so there's this kind of pushback there. And so, I think um, that suggests to me that um, you know, even though you know, political power is you know, in a lot of ways, sinful and dangerous. There may be some kind of a role for Christians to play, if nothing else, in pushing back against it when it goes beyond its basic duty of impartially keeping the peace and protecting life and property. So, I think, with all that in mind um you know I can't understand why, for example, a Christian might begrudgingly vote for a major party candidate in the interest of pushing back um against like state excess state violence so like I get why someone might vote for Biden uh to calm the violent rhetoric or polarization, which stems from trump being trump um I also get why concerns of a radical left wing <laughs> violence or abortion might push a Christian to like pray for god's mercy <laughs> and then vote for trump um but for me, um, kind of in light of all this stuff, I'm kind of i in this uncomfortable middle ground, but I will be, at least I'm planning on, unless God tells me something different tomorrow, uh, I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate, um, as both a positive statement about what I think the state um, should be doing, if it's going to exist at all, and also, um, but, but still you know, be, be basically fulfilling its divine function but it's also uh i think a protest vote against the violence of the state as it exists right now so that's that's kind of where i am on this thing i um like i said i think there's a pretty strong argument you can make for not voting not participating um but i think there's also something to be said for for using your voice in some way against the state and whether that's um even if it's something as as kind of minimal and implicit as Uh, maybe not minimal, but implicit as praying that the state would function a certain way that the King or the emperor would leave you alone and would do the right thing. Um, or whether that's what Paul did where he sort of shamed them openly or whether it's public disobedience like, uh, James and, uh, sorry, John and Peter did. Um, or perhaps even voting, which wasn't an option for the apostles, but it is an option for us. Um, I think there's an argument you can make for it being okay. Um, but I, I think you have to be, I think on some level, you're playing with fire a little bit once you enter into that world of saying, um, you know, I'm going to kind of get behind the state, knowing that, that Christ is called Christians to nonviolence. So I think that makes, um, and also, also, of course, knowing that behind the state is demonic power. Um, but there's also a human element that we can influence.
1: But so um, it seems that a lot of that is centered on the violent nature of the state, but not so much like the the second order issues that come with with state power right so like yes the state is inherently violent that's where they drive their authority from we sort of all accept that I think if they're if they're joining in here but um, your your even dissenting voice like and and maybe you're not a great example because you're a Christian who's um, has a, a formed way of viewing the world that can argue dissent but like for the vast majority of christians left or right um i think it really comes down to kind of like patriotism or pragmatism what what would motivate a christian to go to the polls to say they want to exert their voice or power as they see it at over the way that the state functions and whether you agree or not that like the vote really does matter and and i think that that's you know, one of the big obstacles to even getting me off the couch. Um, I think both issues, both, both sides of that patriotism and pragmatism have really big issues. Patriotism because it is really sort of, um, you know, treating the state as an idol and pragmatism in that, like your version of pragmatism is not the same as the pragmatist voting for Biden or Trump. And your vision of the world is different. And so, um, if there's going to be this like celebratory moment of conflict within the church, it seems to me that the best course would be to be arguing like a a purposeful removal of yourself and therefore your body of of Christians from it. Um, Mm. Because like how often, and I don't think that this is unique to this moment or even like the last 100 years of Western civilization, but it's certainly, more that like politics is a hugely divisive issue and so if christians if christians are called to serve and and you know as you were talking about like um our journey to this next step in our phase of spiritual life i was thinking like you know the progressive church and i find this kind of convincing in some respects would argue that Actually, our our call above all beginning with Adam was a stewardship over the earth in in and of itself and over creation. And so, you know, that could mandate someone to 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 vote as a single issue voter, not for abortion, but for environmental um, protection. Yeah. And I think that that's equally understandable whether or not I agree with it. Um, However, I don't care. First of all, your vote doesn't really matter. And second of all, even if it did. It's an express use of force for your vision of the way that the world is to look, and so you know like Paul in in first uh, Corinthians nine um, he talks about how like he he doesn't use power or rights granted to him by the Roman church or the Roman <laughs> yeah, um, the Roman state, because uh it's it's not really of use to his ultimate ends, which is to serve the kingdom of God, yeah. Um, so, you know, I was actually just brushing my teeth this morning thinking, uh, I was looking at Spike Cohen, he came up on my, on my feed and I was thinking, could you imagine this guy, like he's kind of a caricature, right? And like in a good way, And I have really nothing against him, but like yeah. he's anything but like a, a DC acolyte, right? Yeah. Walking into the White House for the first brief. Here's the deal, Spike, Spike Cohen. Here's yeah. the keys to the machine. The empire's yours. Like, that's almost as scary to me, I'll be completely <laughs> honest, as yeah. Trump or Biden in, in its own way. Like, you are wholly unfit to take control of this thing. And maybe um,
0: unfit because one person should not be making those decisions for everyone.
1: Totally. But also, like, you're not steeped in the language or culture of manning this ship. Like, you just don't know how to steer it. There really isn't a whole lot of steering going on, right? But whatever, whatever functionary you're supposed to serve as, you have none of the, the wherewithal necessary to, to run this thing. And just the thought of giving control over to these, these like third-party choices as they sit stand right now, it just seems, it seems just as scary, scary to me
0: well so I guess my, my my question with the one 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 reason I would distinguish a, a vote for a libertarian candidate from the other two is that it is essentially um a vote for less violence right there's no there's no area where uh voting libertarian will increase state violence and so even if there is some still some state violence that remains <laughs> um it's it's ultimately kind of it's, it's it's kind of like you know the church coming up to uh, you know, the, the government during the civil rights era and saying, hey, you need to like stop, you know, hitting black people with fire hoses and kicking them off of buses. Now, the state is still going to exist. It's still going to, uh, you know, create some violence, but it's going to create less because Christians spoke up against that. What that what was happening in that situation. Right. And so I guess that's one way I see a distinction between voting uh, for the libertarian candidate and uh, voting for the, the major parties. Does that does that make sense to you, or do you think I'm do you think I'm it's a, I'm, I'm lying to myself?
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I think you're right. I just don't know, I don't know that voting is really a means to that end in any meaningful way. And it's not because I'm just like, you know, uh, really bearish on it. I just think mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> it, even if it works, like, imagine imagine by some miracle this year. Everybody gets to the polls and says, oh, God, I can't vote for these people. I'm voting for Jorgensen. And she wins. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she's being asked to, like, act as a diplomat in the face of Vladimir Putin or Ji um, Ping, Ji Ping, uh, about, like, some major geopolitical issue. Like, we still have nuclear submarines floating around China. We still have um, huge, huge uh, missile defense systems all across the western border of Russia like that stuff can be unwound. But um, I think only by someone who has like a pretty, pretty clear, fundamental knowledge of how this stuff works. And Mm -hmm. we've seen with Trump as maybe the most outside candidate since like a a Reagan maybe and Reagan really wasn't that outside. um, Mm -hmm. That like the generals just disregard him. They've been he's been saying for a year to get out of Afghanistan. And there's there was an article in The Times, I think talking about how um, and regarding Mattis's book about how he would just say, "Yeah, we're just not going to do that," and we'll see if he like brings it up again. Like, mm-hmm. what happens when Joe's in power? You think Joe's going to uh, like exert the same sort of like force of personality that Trump and his like ravenous base do to the generals? I don't think so. And so I think that you could realistically see like a coup situation or like a rising tensions with these other nuclear powers. And that's all a lot of what ifs. But it's just to say like it's so much easier for me to imagine a Christian vision of purposeful divorce from the system of powers as a statement in of itself. And that's not to say that Christians shouldn't be working to make an impact on the state, the state's exert of control. It's just to say that like Paul and the apostles had a huge impact on the Roman empire and they didn't do it by voting.
0: Well, yeah. You what know, also wasn't an option to them, but yes, that's true. But yes. the, 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 but but they also did speak to power. I mean, Paul spent a lot of his time in chains speaking to
1: yes.
0: uh, <laughs> Romans who were in authority. But no, I, I follow you. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think that the. I think whether you vote or not, I think it's really important to remember that this is not the kingdom of God and that you aren't going to bring the kingdom of God. And you're certainly not going to bring the kingdom of God by voting for <laughs> Trump, <laughs> but you're also not going to bring it by voting for Joe Jorgensen or, you know, Joe Biden or Ron Paul or whomever. Um, Howie Hawkins, maybe you can do it voting for Howie Hawkins. No. I don't even know who is. Um, oh, he's, he's the green party candidate. I just oh, this
1: year. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Um, So, yeah, but I I think it's a complicated issue. I I respect what you're saying. and I respect that sort of tradition um, in the Anabaptist and early church um, mindset, which basically said the state is so corrupt that we just shouldn't have any part in it. It's just it's a different thing. They're on this track. We're on this other track. Um, But I guess I do think, you know, I, I would I would love it. And I think the world, you know, because I love my neighbor, I care about my neighbor flourishing. And I know that my neighbor will flourish through freedom and free markets, um, through not being uh, thrown in jail for, you know, owning a plant, um, stuff like that. And so I think for me, even if, you know, I I don't really think that my, you know, it's always possible that everybody, something will happen tomorrow and a lot of people will vote Joe Jorgensen in, but it's not very likely. It's very unlikely. Um, But I think the more people who do it, the more, the more it's one way of, of many of getting a message out there that people can hear and they say okay so what's going on with this libertarian thing why why did she get you know 10 percent of the vote this time that's kind of interesting and so then they start looking into it and then that sort of freedom philosophy um, comes out there and and I think from a Christian perspective you should care about freedom because you care about reducing violence you care about uh, reducing coercion uh, you care about uh, ending wars you care about um religious freedom and not having the state exert its power over your ability to share the gospel and live the life that you want to live whether it's in society or apart from it. Um do you think
1: that that those things all align with the majority of Christian voters?
0: Uh, it probably doesn't but I think it should. And and right. I think the one one yeah well, I think one way to, to to do that one of many is I think to 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 cast a vote um against these other you know these other approaches. So, I think that
1: that argument has to be won first. <clears throat> oh
0: you know? yeah. Um, I, if it's something we're trying to get everybody to do, everybody to do yes. But I think at this stage, it's it's I think it's just about getting that stone rolling down the hill. And so I, that's kind of how I, I view the vote that I'm planning on on making tomorrow. Is it's it's my way of trying to get the stone rolling down the hill. Hmm. And um, you know maybe it's going to be a heavier stone than I expect it to be. Uh, but <laughs> um, but I, you know anyway that that that's the, that's the way I think about it but i don't uh labor under any um misunderstandings that by doing this i'm i'm um bringing about the gospel or something like that it's it's they're very different things but it is i think just my way of telling the state hey i'd appreciate it if you would get off my back and off the backs of my brothers and
1: sisters and that like passive submission and um humble use of the vote is something i can like totally wrap my head around and appreciate <clears throat> and i i want to draw a distinction like i don't think i take a, a strictly anabaptist view on mm-hmm. the state because i am super interested in it i'm just not interested in its current form or like supportive of its current form
0: well um, you're you're also an anarchist whereas anabaptist basically just said well the state exists and it's supposed to exist and god has a plan for it but we're just not going to participate in it
1: yeah I don't know that I disagree with that either um okay. being an individual anarchist doesn't i don't i don't know that that's like prescriptive so much as it is just like i think the most just political position um and radical in the hope that like that <clears throat> that small divergence from like minarchism to anarchism will actually push the envelope like the Bolsheviks did the other way um mm-hmm. but i want to talk a minute about like um i i heard and then read about this uh, Foucault uh, theory in one of his books um, called The Theory of the Shade, which is this idea that like the feudal farmers in um, like the the UK in the 16th century, they were further removed from power than we are today because they were in the shade. They weren't really relevant in any meaningful way and therefore didn't matter. And it's kind of like the Amish, right, like we don't we don't like go through Pennsylvania Um, Lancaster isn't like trying to calculate what the Amish vote is going to look like. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure they're not um, (laughs) participating at all. Right. And so um, do they have a higher degree of freedom in the way that we would like than we do? And I think that probably they do. And there's a lot that they sacrifice for that, even though I don't think that they would view it as a sacrifice. But, um, you know, I don't take that line that we shouldn't participate or care or involve ourselves i think that we shouldn't as a as a rule participate in the organ of power um and so especially now I, I think that this argument is is the most relevant this like clear distinction between anabaptism and like and and abstaining from voting or um you know the election process is that the the fundamentals of politics has changed so you know when the amish settled in in uh, pa they weren't they weren't um, grappling with this enormous empire, and um, it, the information velocity that we have today that allows us all to have like what we think are really informed opinions on every absolute issue, and the state has now involved itself in every absolute issue um, you know you can 't conceivably vote especially in a representative democracy your will for uh, what you imagine even even if it 's different than other christians for um, your vision of of bringing the kingdom of God about in a political actor, because you know the the guy that you might support on the left, who's great on the environment, might be terrible on abortion or whatever. Like there, there's these mm-hmm. conflicting sort of consensus things, <clears throat> um, and so I think that's another really good reason why we shouldn't be voting. Is like even if you don't, even if you reject that voting does doesn't matter as i argue and even if you believe that it's a categorical imperative that you vote and even if you believe that it's a pragmatic exertion of power and something that you you should be using your voice for you still aren't using it well like the the power you are exerting if you believe you are exerting it is is always towards conflicting ends either with i mean in and of itself right like the democratic and republican platforms are both like walking contradictions in a lot of fundamental ways but like your vision of a christian hope can't be like bore out in a political platform. Sure. Um I don't know if that makes sense. That was that felt tangential, but
0: <laughs> No, I I I think I'm falling yet. Yeah, yeah and, and and I I I do want to say that yeah, I'm I'm not voting for um bringing about the kingdom of god because that's not going to happen through a vote. Right. Um yeah. I guess what, what I, I'm just I'm just basically I'm just basically saying, you know, Insofar um, so far as I, I have a voice, I would ask the state to leave me alone <laughs> so that um, so that, you know, Christians can go about the business of spreading the gospel and forming their own communities and and living peacefully you know, with each other. So. Um,
1: so let me ask you in that same idea, because that, and that's more or less why I choose not to vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do you think the distinction of the data point one tick in the column for Joe Jorgensen by Cody Cook? Mm-hmm. is making more of an impact than joining the legions of people who are refusing to vote, uh, sometimes apathetically, sometimes through antipathy, um, that are saying, because <clears throat> I think that's a great argument for just undermining the legitimacy of the state in and of itself. If voting is supposed to be an expression of consent, and we are a government based on the consent of the governed, and there's mm-hmm. 60% of the people are, are eligible to vote and not voting, then why do you have the consent to power? what rights do you have to rule over a body that doesn't care about what you have to say or participate in the elections to put you in power? And so maybe maybe you can make that same impact that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about not voting is not voting is either a protest non-vote or it's laziness. Whereas I think a vote for Jorgensen is basically, or a libertarian candidate is a vote for leave me alone. Like, I think that's more definitive.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um but but, I think not voting as you said, is an action. It is a choice that you make, and it does mean something, but I just think the message is less clear yeah, yeah, but
1: then <clears throat> i I find myself thinking, and I thought this last time too, I vote for Johnson, knowing full well he won't be elected to try to protest, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then what right like the the power doesn't care about my dissent, and that's demonstrated through like the the sort of like continued passivity towards the Libertarian Party in, in like the political process, yeah. but also, <clears throat> you know, like the the major media outlets haven't grappled with a major bump in the LP's turnout. They don't care. It doesn't demonstrate to them that there's any shift in the polity. They just yeah. think, OK, well, I think
0: but, they're also, I think, intentionally trying to obscure and hide things. Right. right. So, I mean, um, you know, four years ago, they allowed Gary Johnson to be included in some of their polling about, you know, who you support. And they intentionally left Joe Jorgensen off this time. And I mean, what happened last time, of course, was the more polls Gary Johnson was on, the more people were aware that he existed and they start looking him up. And then that creates this, you know, that roll down, you know, the the roll down the hill or whatever that picks up speed. And I think there were a lot of people who were just on the left in the media who said, you know, we're not going to give any quarter to anybody who might undermine Joe Biden presidency. (laughs) And I think they see the Libertarian Party as one of those, um, you know, as kind of a spoiler, perhaps. And so I think they very intentionally left her out, but, um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, maybe that's, that's, you know, they can keep her out of the polls, but she's, she's on 50 ballots right now and, you know, the ballots are 50 different States. And so I think that is one way to signal now. It's not the only way it's not even necessarily the best way. I also don't think, you know, as a Christian, you're obligated to cast that kind of a vote. Um, but, um, uh, you know, but, but I think it's one way to do it. It's one way to communicate that message.
1: Yeah. prophetic you're uh, you had a comment uh, in the in the box here that was asking more or less why the LP is ignored yeah um, yeah so so I think you're kind of agreeing with my point maybe I didn't make it well enough is that like power regardless of politics right because I kind of I kind of view the major media institutions and academia sort of in in the same in the same organ of power that the state is as, as like ancillary supporting features of it. Um, um, and I think that that's what, a- what,
0: what, 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 what a Rothbard, Rothbard says about intellectuals, right?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, I've been listening. Are you familiar with Curtis Yarvin? No, he's a pretty toxic figure, but he's really interesting. Um, he's Menchus Moldbug who had this blog that like, he's been sort of called like the, the intellectual foundation of the alt-right of like the 4chan of 10 years ago. Um, And he had this really popular blog that is now defunct, and he's writing a new one called Gray Mirror, Gray with an A. And he's been on a podcast circuit promoting it that I've been listening to um, several interviews of. And I don't really agree with his politics, but I really like the way that he argues for disregarding power like this this is not a david and goliath moment this is a this is the same sort of passive submission that drove early christians to purposeful submission to the roman state even sometimes violent with violent ends for them because this is not a surmountable thing even with Mm -hmm. a protest vote it's just a this power will continue to um, obfuscate or delay or impede opponents to maintain its power. And the more opposition becomes um, obvious and um, builds coalitions and gains momentum, I think the more likely it is that this organ of power currently – that we're dealing with will become more overt in its um, it's use of force. And um, like it's, it's jealous sort of like protection of its boundaries. And so I almost think like a protest vote, that was kind of the point I was trying to make earlier is like, so what am I saying by voting for a protest candidate? And then knowing as I'm casting the vote, that it doesn't matter and that it only really makes like a like a, a peep in the whole in the whole um yeah conversation. I'm not, I'm clearly not doing it because I'm I'm saying that if you don't listen to me, I will exert some greater force later. I'm I'm just I'm just kinda like throwing it throwing it in and throwing it in there and it doesn't really matter. Um, And, you know, the the dropper into the, what is that, that um, imagery of like the dropper into the ocean or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to take, take this like purposeful stand against participation. That's, I don't know. Sure. I I can follow that. Now, um, (laughs) what I, what
0: I think I will say, you said something that got me, my mind uh, gears uh, turning a little bit is that from a Christian perspective, the best thing you can do is not to vote. <laughs> like, um, if, if, if Christians all kind of got together and agreed we're not going to vote for Trump, we're not going to vote for Biden, I would be happy not to vote Libertarian as well, right? Um, I think if we just sort of said, you know, what we're going to do is love our neighbors, we're going to stop being so paranoid about protecting our power and our privilege um, so that we have to vote for this guy or this other guy. Um, we're going to stop playing this politics of fear and this sort of zero-sum game thing where, you know, we're going to win and then the gays are going to lose or whatever. Um, And, you know, if we could just sort of agree that what we're more interested in doing is loving our neighbors and helping them and being a different kind of kingdom than what we're seeing around us. I think that would be the most important thing you could do.
1: Um, You're you're saying that you would need, like, the bulk of Christian's... No, not, with
0: that first? no, no, no. I think we should, I think everybody, every individual Christian should be doing that as best they can every, every yeah. day. But, but, um, but I guess what I'm saying is if we were doing that, I, I don't think this question of voting would even really enter my mind. Um, right. But I think, but I think because we're not doing that, I guess I, I'd like to be one Christian voice that's saying, Hey, actually I would appreciate, you know, my, my opinion on the subject is the government's too big. I want, I want people to be able to live their own lives without being molested by the state. And that is how I, you know that's how I love my neighbor. That's one of the ways in which I love my neighbor. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you know, for me, it's um, the voting thing is I, I think can play a part, but I, but I, I wouldn't say that it's essential. I wouldn't say it's necessary. I wouldn't say you have an obligation to do it. Uh, but as I've as I've thought about it and worked through it and prayed through it uh, and struggled and written on the subject and, and you know tried to kind of research and, and come down as well as I can, it seems that there's a little bit of a ro- little bit of room there for. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have been voting in the first century, but certainly um, pushing back against the state and and calling it out for um, what it does—that's that's, that's just basically evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that, that's one small way in which I think i I think I'm going to do that.
1: And I, I will just say, I, I think the Christian lesson from the apostle should have been. Um, active participation in the conversation without participating in the power. But mm-hmm. but to understand that the, the greater force we exert through mm-hmm. this upside down kingdom that we're trying to represent, the more dangerous we become, and the more mm-hmm. our protest becomes um, like an actual threat to the legitimacy of the state or whatever we're arguing against. And we saw that with Paul's life. As we know it, right it's best understood that he was beheaded in Rome by uh a Nero who was beginning to understand the force that the christian church was was building at least that's my my sure. infantile understanding of of his death uh, without knowing a ton of the history yeah and so like um, I mean he was in chains and released several times because I think he they could understand that it was almost like quaint, like, oh, you know, okay, cool, Paul, you keep doing what you're doing, buddy. You're really, you're killing it. And then eventually they realize like, oh, he's actually kind of a force that we need to reckon with. And the state doesn't reckon with forces um, against it in any way, but the way they did with Paul, which is to take your head.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Christians, I think are more, um, I think we evangelize more effectively when we die than when we kill. Right. And I think you know, I think because um, the state is violence, and voting is, is in a way uh, some kind of a support of the state. I think you can make the argument that even if you're voting libertarian, you're participating somehow. But I guess what I, I guess what I'm trying to do is saying, well, I've been given this voice, and I'm going to use it to try to basically say, I don't want the power. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be able to tell my neighbor what to do and how to live their life um, through force. I'd rather persuade them. Yeah. And I think you know that, that is why I feel comfortable voting libertarian. Now, if I were voting, yeah, you know, I, I have, I have Christian friends who are concerned about Trump and the whole um, polarization thing and they're Christian and they're going to vote Democrat. And I understand that too, but I don't feel comfortable, even as much as I don't like Trump and I don't want to see him in the white house. I don't feel comfortable using my voice to support somebody who's going to do things that I think are evil. And so um but I've settled on the libertarian thing in that kind of complicated gray area that I found <laughs> when I read the New Testament, mm. uh, and I feel okay about that choice. But I was I was curious to get because I knew that I th- I think I suspected that you would disagree and and uh, take a different view, so I wanted to get you in on this too.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you thinking of me. I <clears throat> I think it's a hard thing, and I think yeah. um, as as I develop in this space, the more I believe that power is to be understood, but not acknowledged and certainly not deified or justified through our action. And so yeah. I won't vote if, if for no other reason, I will never vote again because I will never show consent in a system I don't consent to. Uh, because even, even a vote for Joe Jorgensen sort of says like you're willing to play on the terms of the power. And I don't, I don't wanna play the game at all. And I certainly won't play by the terms that you're allowing and or like that you're that you're granting me um so i reject almost everything about what it is that we learned about like the civic duty responsibility privilege of voting um and so i i'd rather have that conversation with christians and i'd rather preach that message from the pulpit if i were ever given the opportunity because i think that there's a lot of christians who just they and and you're not one of them and so like you and i are fighting over the last three percent right but like for, for most of these people they view voting as like a legitimate means to their political ends and that's bananas to me like not only is it not and but even if it were that's unjust and people need to be m- more comfortable with reckoning with that sure
0: yeah um so what are you going to do tomorrow instead of voting
1: I'm going to watch my kids like I do every other day. And I'm going to uh, scroll through Instagram and wonder why nobody laughs at my jokes.
0: Dude, I, I, I love, I think I love, I, I, well, I, I put the heart on, on a pretty high percentage of your memes, I think.
1: You do. But you know, my best friend is, uh, is uh, a follower of mine. And he, like my wife, likes almost all my pages, but it's kind of like your mom. You're you've now, you've now ventured into mom territory. We're like, I don't know if you're liking it or you're just like, you know, we're buddies now. So I got to I got to give you the heart.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you think uh, do you think Biden takes it tomorrow?
1: Man, I I have really complicated feelings about this. I would not be surprised to see Trump pull it off. And I honestly believe that Biden was a cynical choice, not a strategic one, Mm -hmm. because he's Trump is the greatest boon to the Democratic Party and their ancillary, you know, like I talked about academia and the media than anything ever before. He is such a great animating force for them. And I believe if Biden doesn't begin it, certainly by 2024, we are going to see the next new blue wave of like the FDR era. We're going to have, I think, a decade or more of um, of unified government for the Democrats. And I think that it's primarily because of Trump and the the usefulness he has in in like animating the left. Um, Yeah, I I agree. Liberals. Yeah, I, I think
0: Trump is a good fundraiser for the most extreme and terrible se- segments of the Democratic and Republican parties. I think that the, the one real strong benefit of a Biden win is it signals. But, but, well, OK, so if Biden loses, then I think the AOCs and the kind of far left people in the Democratic Party say, OK, you guys tried it your way. Now it's our turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also saves the Republican Party that they need to keep going with this Trump approach. And I think, uh, you know, a Biden win says the opposite. A Biden win tells the Democrats, okay, I guess we should try to go more moderate and stave off the progressives at the door. Uh, But um, and I think it says to the Republican Party, okay, we tried the Trump thing. That wasn't a good idea. We're not going to do that again. Um,
1: That's my at least hopefully that's the way it would go if that happens. But I think um, populism dies hard. I don't I don't think we're going to see a huge shift in the Republicans
0: yeah he might be right about that well i I conducted an informal poll with my daughter who's seven (laughs) and uh joe jorgensen has really good name recognition with her Um, she remember she remembered trump but it took a few seconds and she couldn't remember biden's name at all so i would say if you were to extrapolate the results of that poll i would say that uh i think jordan jorgensen's going to run away with it and i think biden's in real trouble
1: yeah yeah um I think Biden probably takes it right like all the all the polls seem even more um, conclusive than the 2016 election but it just seems to me that this this could either simultaneously be a moratorium on coded response differences on foreign policy on trade on race issues all of which Biden is the worst candidate the Democrats could have chosen in this moment right. like. He's just so bad on the issues that animate so much of the base that if and and I, I if we did not have the the influx of mail-in voting that we have this year, if it were a normal election and people, people were going to the polls, I don't think you would have enough force behind Biden to get enough people to the polls to get him to win. I, I fundamentally believe that. I think this has been a huge benefit to him, um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We will. Well, brother, blessings upon you. I uh, we, we need to uh, do an Amazon, uh, a video screen, watch at the same time or whatever. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Screen.
0: So um, let me know when you have some time and we'll, we'll do something.
1: Yeah, this weekend I'm working and the next week I should be good. All right, cool. We'll do it. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. Catch you later, y'all. Bye.